Good morning and happy Easter. Christ our Lord is risen today. We're so glad that you chose to be with us this morning. We're gathered together as we worship God, we sing songs, we listen to his word, and we praise him together. Let's join together.
run out of that grave and we run into the care of God, let's hear these words from Psalm 91. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you, don't, you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we come to you today. We run out of the darkness. We run out of the grave because you have called our name. Thank you for knowing each one of us. Thank you for calling us into your presence. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to defeat death for us. We come to you this morning and we worship you. We praise you and we thank you. All of this in the name of Jesus, who is the resurrected Son of God, and in whose name we pray. Amen. Hey, church family, I'm Jill. And I'm Carrie Ann, and we've got this week's news. We want to thank all of you who were able to participate in our time of prayer and fasting over the past couple of months. Considering the things that are going on in our world, the staff and the elders are committed to fast and pray until Pentecost weekend, May 28th and 29th. We would love for you to continue to fast and pray with us as we pray against the power of the enemy in our world. You don't need to sign up, just continue to fast and pray. Join us online on April 19th at 9 a.m. as we begin a new series entitled, Tell Me Something Good. There has been a lot of disturbing news in our world lately, so during this series we will take some time to hear about the good things that God has done and is doing in the lives of people in our church. We know that June seems like a long ways away. But we need your help in putting together content for our June message series, Asking for a Friend. During this series, we will be attempting to answer some of the tough questions related to the Christian life. We would love for you to submit your questions for us to consider. There are links on our website and our Facebook page for you to access our online form and for you to submit your questions. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862. Or text your prayer request to 888-344-1022. Don't be afraid to reach out to someone this week. We are all experiencing a lot of different emotions. Your contact might just brighten someone's day. God bless you and have a great week. Well, good morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. He's risen indeed. And even though we can't be together, it, it is so good for us to be here to uh, have a chance to uh, worship with you. Thank you for inviting us into your living rooms and, and onto your computers and uh, right into where your family is right now. And again, we wish we could all be together today, uh, but we are together in spirit and we know that the Lord, that, that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us all. 
and he's giving life to our mortal bodies today. And so we want to encourage you, and we want to thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, both on our website and on our Facebook page, uh, there are links where you can go and click on our virtual uh, connection card. Uh, maybe you've never, maybe you're watching us this morning and you've never come in the doors of Christ the Cornerstone Church. We really want to thank you for watching, uh, watching with us today and hope that the Lord uh, encourages you uh, as well in some way today. Click on that uh, connection card and let us know you're watching. Let us know how many people are watching with you. Also on that card is a place where you can let us know about uh, prayer requests or praise reports, and those come to us electronically, and uh, we pray over those uh, every week as much as we get a chance. So click on that card. Again, it's both on our Facebook page and on our website. Uh, so I want to talk to you just a minute uh, about uh, giving, and I just want to say how blown away we are by the faithfulness of God's people. God's people have been faithful to continue to give. And again, if you're watching us for the first time, I'm not standing here trying to beg for money because uh, the church is hurting for money. We are, God is blessing us, and uh, it is because of the faithfulness of his people. Uh, but we do want to talk about this for just a minute. Uh, and again, just want to reiterate that uh, on the other side of this event, there are going to be lots of people that are going to be hurting and lots of people that are in need and lots of people that we can reach out to. And so we want our church to be in the strongest financial position that we can possibly be in so that we can minister to those people uh, as we can. So we encourage you to just continue to be faithful to your giving. There are two ways you can give this morning. Uh, that information is on your screen. You can go to our website, ctcde.net slash give, and uh, that information is on there. You can click right through and uh, go to our Secure Give site, uh, or you can text your uh, gift to 302-908-58. I think I'm probably reading that wrong right now because I didn't even wear contacts or glasses today. So uh, you can just laugh at me right, right where you are in your home this morning, and that's okay. But uh, that information is also on our website where you can text to give. That also takes you to the Secure Give site and uh, gives you an opportunity to set up an account there. So uh, as we pray uh, this morning and as we consider uh, what God would want us to do in terms of our giving, uh, let's just bow our heads together and uh, offer this prayer to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your great blessing. and We thank you for the faithfulness of your people. And God, we just ask you, God, we just ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you would continue to enable us uh, to give and to continue to support the ministries and, and continue, Lord, to see us as a church that wants to be strategically in a place where we can meet needs that are going to be uh, evident on the other side of this event. Uh, because, Lord, we thank you and, and we know we have a sense that you will bring us through this as a nation, as a world, as your people, as a church. And so, Lord, we want to be in a position to touch people and encourage them for the, for the message of the gospel. And so we pray that as people give this morning, that you would enable them to continue to be faithful. And we thank you for that privilege. In Jesus' name, and we all sit together. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.
Come before God today in prayer. May I ask everybody to bow your heads, wherever you may be, those of you that are here in church, those at home. Let's bow our heads before Almighty God and give Him reverence. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you for this glorious day that you've blessed us with. The sun is shining outside, dear God. The birds are singing, and Lord, we feel the same in our heart. This is your wonderful day, dear God. I feel it's the greatest day there is, the day that your son rose from the dead. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that signifies in our life, especially right now, Lord. Father, these are dark times. We're under oppression, Lord. We need your help. In the words of King Jehoshaphat, we cannot fight in this battle. Our eyes are upon you, O Lord. And Lord, we hear you saying back to us, as you said to Jehoshaphat, you will not have to fight in this battle, for the battle was the Lord's. Thank you, dear God, for that wonderful assurance. And 
just knowing that this day signifies the day that your son rose to give us life and hope and promise. I can't think of a better time in this year than we needed it than today. We need to know, dear God, that you're there for us, as your word has promised. That as you said, that he who has begun a good thing in us is able to complete it until the coming of his son, Christ Jesus. And as Paul said, we know who we have believed in. And we are persuaded that he's able to keep that which we have all committed unto him against that day. And that day has not yet come. Jesus has not yet, yet come back for us. He's still watching over us. He's still lifting us up. He's still giving us life. And that in abundance. And his precious assurance by his efficacious blood, which covers us all who are believers. And we thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus that keeps us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless all those who have been affected so negatively by this plague. And Lord, that you just bless our hearts. Give them solace and peace. Bless all of us, dear God, who are still, Lord, just hunkering down, trusting you. But we don't fear. As Jesus said, fear not. For I am with thee. And I am God. And I will take care of you. God is in control. And your resurrection day assures us of that. Lastly, dear God, let me ask that you bless Pastor Roger as he brings the word of God today to lift up our hearts, our spirits, to let us know that we serve a risen Savior. The tomb is empty so that we can look in and see he has indeed risen. And because he lives, we can face today, we can face tomorrow. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. again. Everybody knows that this Easter is forcing us into some very strange circumstances. We've been living under the cover of our, of our homes, seeking help and protection from a virus that seeks to kill and destroy life. And I've got to admit that it's doing a pretty good job from my estimation. It's wreaking havoc with over 100,000 deaths around the globe, communities and families have been changed forever. Somebody mentioned on the radio yesterday uh, or on television, uh, finding a new normal. And my, my wife said, a new normal. And uh, yeah, we're all longing for what that is. Yet this morning we gather together and we're bold enough to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, that death does not win, that Jesus has had the victory and has the victory over us. He is risen from the grave. Let's hear that story from the book of Mark and stop and consider what God is doing. We can't easily or quickly just pass over Easter, but let's stop and consider what God is doing if you'll turn with me in your own Bibles to the book of Mark this morning, Mark chapter 16, 
Let's hear that story again. It was Saturday evening. When the Sabbath had ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way there, they were asking each other, who will roll the stone away for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The two women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen from the dead. And look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus was going ahead of you, is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Even when Jesus was risen, these new things that they had experienced, they could not grasp. They could not understand why they were happy. What does it mean that Jesus is not in the grave? And that new experience that they were having caused them to fear and wonder. We know that Jesus' suffering and his death and his resurrection occurred during the Jewish festival of Passover. Passover was a festival that lasted eight days, and it's a celebration of God delivering the Hebrew people out of slavery in Egypt. So, not only looking at the Easter story, the resurrection story, let's look back at the Exodus story and read about that first Passover that they had. We can find that in the book of Exodus chapter 12. And so I invite you to follow along there also. A little bit of background. This is the story of Moses. Many of us grew up watching the movie with Charlton Heston, The Ten Commandments. And so we may be familiar with that story of God sending the ten plagues. And what we're, what we're reading from the book of Exodus is that story of God having had sent nine of the plagues, God is now getting ready to send the final plague. But in order to do so, he's got to prepare his people for action before that plague comes because things are going to happen very quickly. So we look at at chapter 12 of the book of Exodus, beginning with verse 2 of chapter 12. And God gave these instructions to the Hebrew people through Moses. And he said, from now on, from now on, all these things have occurred, but here is a significant event occurring in real time. And from this time forward, things for my people will be very different. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice 
one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat the whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how each much, how much each can eat. The animal you select must be one a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. And that same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, the legs, and the internal organs, must be roasted over the fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating the meal. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign Marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Lord, we give you thanks for this story, for this word of yours that you have given to us. This word, pass over. The Hebrew word, if I pronounce this correctly, is Pesach. There's a noun version of it, and there is a verb version. We see both in this passage. The verb version literally means to pass over, to come over something, as, as in to protect something. And as a guard stands watch over a doorway a gate, a people. And so it is God in this passing, in this passage, who is passing over us. God himself is coming over the households of the people in order to shelter and to protect and to keep them, as Pastor Vaughn prayed, from hurt, harm, and danger. I think many times if I think back to that movie, The Ten Commandments, I I, I didn't watch it this year but I, I remember seeing this, this black shadowy thing coming in, in a fog over the land as, as they portrayed the story in that movie. And I remember thinking that, that, okay, when this black fog sees, comes to this blood on the doorposts, the black fog will pass over this house and go on to the next. That's what I used to think was happening. But then I realized as I read this again, 
It's not the black fog that's passing over. It is God himself who is passing over in order to protect his people who have entrusted themselves to God with the sign of the blood from the Lamb. God is coming to protect them. The Lamb that was chosen here, and I didn't realize this until until recently also, the Egyptian people worshipped the Lamb. They worshipped the goat. They considered it deity for them. I don't think it's a coincidence that God chose to take this symbol, this sign of the Egyptian God, to tell the world that God is greater than their gods. And if we look back into Exodus chapter 7, verse 1, we see that God says to Moses, He says to Moses, pay close attention to this, Moses. I will make you seem like Pharaoh, seem like God to Pharaoh. Let me say that again more clearly. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh. And indeed, as as the plagues come and in the end, it is Moses' God, who trumps, who triumphs over the God of the Egyptians in this passage. Indeed, Moses took the gods of the Egyptians and slit its throat because the God of the Egyptians had no power over the God of the Hebrews. If the people had not placed the lamb's blood the sign of the death of the Egyptian god, if they had not placed the lamb's blood over the door, those people would be in a heap of trouble. God could not protect them from the angel of death. It had to be a choice of the people to do what God had told them to do, to to trust him and to obey him. They had to risk. They, they knew very well that when they took these lambs and they slaughtered them, that the Egyptian people would say, that is an offense to us. You're taking our God and you're making a mockery of our God indeed. It was very much an affront to the Egyptian people. God said to his people, when you do this, have your walking stick ready because they're going to come after you. And this is an offense to them. But it will be a declaration of my power over them. God is coming over to protect. I tried to think of of an image, and you know that having grown up on a farm, I've got lots of farm stories uh, to to illustrate the the biblical truths. And there's one memory that I have. We used to have uh, greenhouses on our farm, because Dad was uh, uh, providing uh, his his own, starting his own plants, tomatoes, peppers, whatever they might have been. I think we had at one time three or four greenhouses, great big long wooden shelters. And every now and then we would have to change the plastic because the plastic would wear out over the years. And I remember one time when I was old enough to help Dad 
do that, we had to cover the entire building with a sheet of plastic. And it had to be just one sheet of plastic. So Dad would get this great big, long, uh, uh, wide, huge roll of plastic that was all folded up at the factory and then rolled onto a tube. And Dad would set a date and he would he would hire other uh, uh, men and and women to come and help put plastic, this one single sheet of plastic over this. And he would stand on the ridge board, probably, I don't know, 10 or 12, maybe 15 feet off the ground, the ridge board of the, of the greenhouse. And he would stand there like he was doing a tightrope walk, and he would move backwards, and they would lift on the bucket of a tractor, they'd lift up this big spool of plastic, and Dad would have to drag it across the entire ridge board. And so here's Dad up at the top, pulling this plastic across. He's walking backwards along this ridge board, trying not to lose his balance. And he'd get that plastic pulled across the full length of the building, and then we would have to unfold that huge sheet of plastic over the building. So I remember Dad, would, we'd, we'd get it to that point, and Dad would always try to choose a calm day, not like the days we've had last couple of days here where we had t- winds of 25 miles an hour and gusts higher. <laughs> because when he got that sheet of plastic unfolded, it was a big sail in the wind. And then the rest of us had to grab it as it fell down the sides of the building, and we had to attach it to the bottom of the sides of the building And inevitably, there was always a breeze that would come, and that breeze would catch that plastic, and it would just take it as a sail. And I would be wondering if Dad would be flying. (laughs) I was fearful that Dad would be flying in in the wind, holding on to that big sheet of plastic. But I thought of that as I thought of of God coming over these houses and protecting them. I had the memory of this big sheet of plastic protecting those small plants, those growing plants that were the livelihood for my family. God would come and shelter them. All right, I tried to think of a nun. For for those of us who didn't grow up on a farm, I tried to think of 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 a non farm illustration that we might compare God's protection to. I know very little about computers, but I know that a computer virus software is designed to detect, prevent, and to take action to disarm or remove malicious software from your computer. I had to read that definition (laughs) someplace. And so in our world today, in our technical world today, we still have protection that comes and even to our computers that we are so reliant on today that even now this software that some developers have created is detecting it's searching for harm within our computers it's looking for those uh, other software malicious software that is trying to keep us from doing what we're doing today it is detecting it it is acting against it it is preventing it This is what God is offering to us in our lives with his protective care that he gives over to us. Now, back to the cross and the blood of the lamb to Exodus. 
the blood of the lamb is the sign of God's protection for the Hebrew people. And when Jesus died on the cross, it is also the sign of God's protection and his care and his love for the entire world. Jesus' blood on the cross, like the lamb's blood on the doorpost, signifies several things. First, it signifies signals to God. It is a sign from earth to God. Just like it was a sign from the Hebrew people, they had to slaughter the lamb. They had to put the blood on the doorpost in order that it would be a sign to God that the inhabitants of this house are willing to surrender themselves to the power and the truth of God. And so when we surrender ourselves to the power and the truth of Jesus, we paint his blood upon our hearts, upon our minds. Upon our souls. And it is a sign to God that says, I am willing to trust in you, God. Do in my life what you say you will do. The Hebrew people back then had to follow God's instruction in order that the protection of God would be upon them individually and upon their households. And you notice if we look in the book, in the, in, back in the other places of the of the book of Exodus, if we follow that story, it's not just the Hebrew people, but it was also the foreigner, it was also the slave, it was also others. And God's protection, even then, was open to the non-Hebrew people. God's love is for us all. And so the blood is a sign from us to God that says we are willing to trust in you, do in my life. I think we think back in the Gospel of, of John, when John, when Jesus, before he was baptized, Jesus was coming, and John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, and John declared, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the truth that we proclaim at Easter. And so, secondly, Jesus, in Jesus God himself provides the blood necessary to save us. God gives us the lamb that we need that is slaughtered for us. And by Jesus' blood, we are saved. And the third thing that this this blood signifies to us is that this covering of God's love and new life is not only for God's chosen people, But God desires to cover all people with it. God's promise to Abraham was that through Abraham, God would be a blessing to all the nations of the world. And we see that happening in Jesus. Jesus' blood is to cover the sins of all the people, of all who call upon the name of Jesus and who place themselves under the covering of God. Through Jesus, we all are saved. Jesus' blood is the sign that God has once and for all covered all of humanity with the forgiveness from sins that Jesus' resurrection, of Jesus' resurrection. It is a sign that God remains triumphant over death and he gives us new and everlasting life. The new life that we have is not like the old life. I invite you today to consider this question. 
Are you under that protective shelter of God? Are you trusting the sign of the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Are you trusting your life to Him fully and totally? Are you surrendering your life to Him so that through Him you will have the life that God wants you to live, free from the fear and the tyranny of sin and death? Are you under the shelter of God? Today you can be. Place yourself under Him. Confess your sin to God. Submit yourself. Say, yes, God, I will trust that Jesus is the one who you say He is to take away my sin, even mine. Not just His, not just the other guys, but mine also. Take my sin away, Lord Jesus. I want us to go to one final scripture. And I read part of this chapter earlier, Psalm 91. But I want to read for us the first few verses of that psalm, which is a psalm that proclaims once again, between the time of the first Passover, the slaughtering of this first land, and the time that Jesus come, God was still proclaiming to his people these same, same truths, that under the shelter of God we have life. And Psalm 91 declares to us, those who live in the shelter of the Most High God will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about our Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in Him because He will rescue you from every trap. And protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly by day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. And I love the verse, the first part. <laughs> Of the next verse, the next phrase is just open your eyes. Just open your eyes and see what the Lord our God is doing through Jesus Christ. His blood shed on the cross for us is for us. Will you trust Him? Will you place yourself into His care? This phrase, he will cover us with his feathers. I can't read that verse except think that somebody has been dipped in tar and then covered with feathers and they've got this big fluffy. <laughs> and I'm thinking what a horrible image that is. That's not at all what God is saying to us. God is saying to us that he himself will come down and he will spread his wings over us and cover us with his feathers. Beautiful picture. We see many geese. In the, in the field next door to us, there are many geese. I keep trying to get them to come away because they're eat, go away because they're eating the grass. But they have nested around our field. 
and both the male and the female geese will go and they will shelter their eggs. And God is coming over us to shelter us. Place yourself through your trust in Jesus Christ in his care today and forever. Let's pray together. Holy God, you have given yourself in the person of Jesus, who is the Messiah. You have given yourself, and through Jesus, you have provided for us the sign that we need to say to you, I trust in you. I will place myself under your care. Oh, Jesus, come and shed your blood for me. I place your blood over my heart, over my mind, over my mouth, over my hands. Jesus, I need to be saved. I need your protection. I need to know the purpose that you have for my life. I know, God, the way that I've been living my life is not the way you want me to live your life. And I am in danger of being taken over by sin and death. And I want to live for you. I want to live. So I place myself under the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving even me. Come, Lord, as we sing this song. Come into the hearts of those who are hearing. Come into the hearts of our neighbors. Come into the hearts of our children. Help us, God, submit ourselves to you and what you've done on the cross. We ask this in the name of Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Amen.
the praise goes to our God. you're doing in our lives. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being here today. I want to invite you one more time to do to do one thing. If you have not already filled out one of the Connect cards, go to our website. We'd love to know that you are here today with us. On that Connect card, you can uh, put some prayer requests. But even if you don't have a prayer request, we ask you just let us know that you are here today. We'd love to uh, keep track with you. And then finally, as if you have made a decision today to place yourself under the blood of Jesus Christ, please text us. Please let me know. I'd love to have prayer with you and help you as you start that journey or continue your journey with God. So please respond in one of the many ways that you can. Now go forth from here. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, the unity of His Holy Spirit being with us be with you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. All the glory.